Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome to the All by the Popcorn podcast. I'm Alessandra. And I'm Emily. And we are bringing to you two movies that we managed to uh, squeeze in before the theaters closed. Um, I did see that we have our A-list uh, paused for the next couple of months, which is sad, but uh, good that we don't have to pay for it any longer. <laughs> yeah, for the time Excuse being. Me. So what so what, what was the last movie you got in before the AMC's closed? It I'd was like Emma. I saw Emma. I think that was mine as well. So as you, uh, we are going to talk about Emma, and we're going to talk about Birds of Prey. Yeah, two uh, two movies about, you know, women finding their way. Two uh, blonde women. Two blonde women finding their way, maybe not making the best decisions when it comes <laughs> to other people. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but figuring, figuring themselves out one way or another. Well, so. I think we should talk about Birds of Prey first because I saw that first and it's been such such a long time since you've seen it. Oh yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while. Um, I really enjoyed this movie. I thought it was so fun and I don't normally like the DC universe. Um, so for this one, I was a little bit like, okay, well, I kind of know what's going to happen in this one even though I didn't see Suicide Squad. Which you didn't need to at right <laughs> and, nev- and you never have to but it existed in like the same kind of universe so it definitely has the same vibe uh gotham city is like a really uh it's super comic book and super like above and beyond everything's kind of it's got that seedy underground kind of feeling but it's also got that really like crazy um off the wall kind of plot situation where anything can happen and you know it really feels like it's a comic book yeah i'll definitely say that in terms of gotham and seeing gotham portrayed in movies i think this is the brightest i've seen it Mm -hmm. um we're constantly seeing it in the dark there's always like a dark filter over it it always looks kind of gray it's always portrayed as being dirty and dangerous and all of the above yeah um but we actually saw Gotham. It it almost looked like New York to me. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a lot of New York vibes for <laughs> sure. Um, it was very busy and bustling, and, yeah. and very bright and full of color. And and margaritas, you know. Yeah, and margaritas definitely. Yeah. So like, I thought to me it was yeah because of the colorfulness, um, it just kind of the over the topness. This movie was really fun and largely female cast. Uh, Except for obviously the the wonderful Ewan McGregor and his uh, his little like assistant Victor Zaz Chris Chris Messina, um, yeah most... that guy's from that guy's from Mindy right? Yes. Me- also, he was in Sharp Objects. 
Oh, I need to watch that still. He's in a lot of things. I mean, he's been around for a super long time. Yeah, I, I think I've only seen him in in that one show. But truly, like, um, aside from them, like, most of the cast is female, and it's pretty fucking awesome. Yeah, definitely. I love, I love all the characters. I thought they were developed very well. Um... Maybe they could have been developed a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, I know a friend of mine at work was asking if this could have maybe been turned into a show. And I mean, maybe mm-hmm. if it was kind of, if more was brought out of it. Yeah. It, like a plot, like a longer yes. plot. Yes. This plot was very short, very sweet, very just like, you're in and you're out. Like it's, yeah, it, it really, there really wasn't much to it. Um which made way for there to be a lot of fun to happen, which I do appreciate, because uh, that's just kind of what we needed right now, was just a fun uh, girl kick-ass film that, you know, that DC really needed as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, largely female crew, you know, directed by Kathy Ann, written by Christina Hodgson, even produced by Margot Robbie as well, so... Definitely had, like, a really fun, like, very female-forward vibe without being, like, in your face about it. Because Harley Quinn, in the end, is, like, I mean, she's kind of more of a bad guy than she is a good guy. So she's, like, really fun to watch, especially Margot Robbie. Um, Just, like, you're just enjoying her being a badass the whole time and just, like, making people really mad. (laughs) Yes, I loved that part. Um, and actually my friend at work did suggest that I watch this, um, it was a video on YouTube by Screen Prism, Hmm. and it's like the evolution of Harley Quinn, and it kind of just talks about, you know, how she's been portrayed in a lot of past DC stuff, like the original Batman series, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. all of the, uh, like, video games, and all the new and current things that we see Harley in. Yeah. And it's mostly just talking about how she's very boy crazy. She loves her put in and that's really just her drive. And that kind of made her a very one-sided character. Very, Mm -hmm. uh, not very dynamic. Um, until they kind of bring in, uh, like Poison Ivy, who's constantly asking her, like, why is she dating this psychopath who doesn't Mm -hmm. even care about her? Mm -hmm. Um, and kind of ending on in Birds of Prey with her, with him eventually just breaking up and her kind of going off in her own path. Um, yeah. Which I do really enjoy. Um, she does, she is a little depressed over it at first, which is very funny. Mm-hmm. Um, and only, and only fitting. Because uh, I, we truly believe that she loved the Joker and truly wanted uh, to spend the rest of her life with him. Yeah. But, you know... She just needs to become independent. But then in a way, she doesn't even stick with the birds of prey. She kind of like still goes off and does her own thing. So it kind of just seems like they happen to meet and then they do the one thing together and then they just kind of go their separate ways again. Right. All of the different birds of prey. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, it it's kind of nice that we've got this, uh, which uh, the theme of bringing like a young kid into it, um, which is like been really popular uh, as of late with a lot of the um more serious uh like 
comic book movies. I mean, that's what happened with Deadpool. Uh, It happened with Logan. Um, You know, just like bringing in a kid to have something to fight for or, or like a younger person who doesn't know what they're doing, you know? Yeah. So mm-hmm. like I, it, it had that, that element to it, but this girl was very cute. Yeah. I liked her and I liked her and uh, Harley Quinn's like dynamic. They were very sassy. They were very like, uh, at first they didn't really care about each other. Harley just really wanted the diamond from her and just wanted to leave her. Yeah. Um, but then they kind of bond and they get to know each other and Harley just really needs a friend right now because she's just really depressed and mm-hmm. her hy- her hyena, Bruce, is not gonna is not gonna be the friend that she needs all the time. She needs she needs human yeah. interaction. And her like stuffed uh beaver. And it's yes, like stuffed beaver. Th- th- so I mean, those like small little things about this movie, I think the the crazy ass details are what really make it uh make it work. I mean, she has a hyena named Bruce after Bruce Wayne. She has a stuffed beaver. Her she's like throwing like darts at a picture of the Joker. She's got she's like obsessed with bacon, egg and cheeses. Like she's she's really funny and she's got like such a um colorful and dynamic personality in life and even the people, like, the way that it was edited, you know, it's, like, it's it's jumping between the people who she knows and showing us what their backgrounds are, why they hate her, and what she do to them. And it's 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 kind of a crazy, you know, uh, mess of a movie that's somehow put together into just, like, a really fun, fun time. <laughs> yeah, and I really like... that they kind of spun that around. Like, yes, she was dating Joker, so she was protected. And just the fact that she was Mm -hmm. such an asshole to everyone while she was dating the Joker, having all these people turn around and, like, want to get her for (laughs) everything she's done was very creative, and I was not expecting that at all. Like, I really enjoyed that, how they wrote that in. Mm -hmm. Um, That was very humorous. Um, So should we talk about some of the other characters? Oh, yeah, sure. So we equally get basically the same amount of screen time, it seems, with the Black Canary. She's she's also pretty much the, uh, like, a big main character of the movie. Um, same with Renee Montoya, Rosie Perez's character. Yeah. The, yeah, I would say behind Margot Robbie, these would be, like, the, the other two main ladies. Mm-hmm. And then kind of like with uh, the Huntress as well, but her hers is more of like backstory and you kind of see her sometimes. Yeah, we kind of see her backstory developing until everything kind of like comes together and ties the knots at the very end. Mm-hmm. And they both have been wronged by men and it seems like it's clear that they need to like, that they're going to come together in some way. And, and it was very like, I mean, as far as, like, the fact that the movie was so unrealistic, it was very realistic how they all kind kind of, like, end up working together towards the same goal in the end. <laughs> True. Like, Black Canary works at the club where Ewan McGregor owns, and so yeah. she sees Harley a lot, and so Harley and her drunken stupor will go <laughs> and talk to her sometimes. Yeah. So they have kind of met, they kind of know each other, and then, you know, Black Canary being such... Um, a good person decides to help Harley and that's kind of how they get connected and then Rosie Perez's character is just trying to solve this case of all Mm -hmm. these people getting murdered 
Um, so of course she's gonna cross the path of Harley. Yeah, she wants to. She wants to get Roman Sionis in there. Black Mask, like she wants to like yes. figure out a way to to nab him for his evil doings. Yes, definitely. And then Huntress, her family was killed by a uh, Black Mask slash mm-hmm. his little his little goon Victor. <laughs> yes. So. So she was going to come across as well. Like, it's it's very well... The web is very well weaved. Yeah. Um, I just... I can't even believe how much I loved Ewan McGregor in this movie. It was... Uh, it was... He was kind of a psycho, and I loved it. It was amazing. He completely was psych... Yeah, he was psychotic. And, and it was just... It was in such a fun way, though. He's, like, laughing a lot. He's, like... He's, like, trying to be a, a, like, charismatic guy, and yet he's, like, murdering people here and there. It's very, um, he's so cringy and horrible. Like, when he makes that woman stand on the, 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 uh, table and, like, take off her dress and dance and stuff. Yeah, because he thinks she's laughing at her, at him. Like, it's. (sighs) Yeah, he's, he's really bad. (laughs) He's a really bad dude. He was really great. The one gripe that I kind of had with this movie was that there was too much action mm-hmm. like i loved all the action sprinkled all the way through the beginning but then once they had that just overdrawn fight scene at the very end uh-huh i like i like found myself losing focus and i'm just like is this done yet like what like what do you have left to talk about just just kill the guy and get on with your lives i know like so that was just a bit much but I think I would definitely see... At first, I didn't think I would want to watch this movie again, but there were Mm -hmm. so many great one-liners and, like, just little funny things that (laughs) I feel like I missed that I would want to watch again to try Mm -hmm. and catch. Yeah, I agree. It was was really fun, and uh, I think they actually are going to be releasing it um, to to the public soon. Um, Hopefully, like, within the next week, I believe that they're going to be releasing um, a lot of movies, including Emma... Um, which we're going to be talking about to uh, to just have people rent like on Amazon and stuff. Ooh, good! Mm-hmm. I would like that. Yeah, so then uh, you yeah, can watch we're it be again. Stuck inside, we're <laughs> be quarantined for a bit. Yes, gonna we're, need some entertainment. We are going to do a lot of podcasts because we have nothing else to do. So, uh, yay, guys! <laughs> yes, in an, in an effort to encourage self quarantining and social distancing, we will try and up the amount of podcasts we we put out a week um we're probably gonna we can't really watch any new movies so those will have to be put on hold but there's still a plethora of old movies that we can cover (laughs) and a ton of shows there's lots of things for us to talk about we will never run out of stuff to talk about so uh this is good um any anything else about uh this movie before we get into like the uh keywords and stuff um, only that I really want that breakfast sandwich that she gets made. Oh it my, lo- yes, I, the bacon I egg love and breakfast cheese. sandwiches, yes. And just the way that she describes it, that was, that was one of the best scenes. I know. <laughs> was, was just her narrating how, what was his name, Sal or something, yeah. makes, makes this perfect bacon, egg, and cheese sandwich. And it just really reminded me of going to the, um, what are the, they called? The bodega? The, the gondolas, yeah. The bodega. <laughs> the bodega. <laughs> oh, yes, up the street from my house, yes. Yeah, the bodegas in New York and just having them 
grill me up a sandwich. Oh, so yeah, it's was, the best. It's the best. It was really great. Um, but yeah, let's let's. Oh, wait, do we need to do? We need to do. <laughs> we need to do other things. We need to do the meta score. That's what I said. Yeah, like te- you know oh. the plot keywords and this. Oh, I thought you said, "Is there anything you want to talk about before moving on to Emma?" And I was like, "Oh, oh, okay, no." Here we go. The plot keywords for Birds of Prey and the... I'm going to read the whole thing. Uh, Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn are... Harley Quinn character. Black Canary character. Reference to the Joker. Superhero. Superheroine. (laughs) All right. Okay, I guess that covers the characters that are in... (laughs) That are in the movie. Yeah. All right. Any other that have to do with the actual plot? Uh, we've got we've got woke. <laughs> That's what? Pretty funny. Yeah, woke is on here. I did think that this movie was not too in your face about feminist stuff. I thought like definitely like Wonder Woman was a little bit more more like that in a way. But then again, that was like the first one. So to me, it felt like this is things that actually happen to women, and you know, like especially with the with the cop getting disrespected at work. Yeah, and and definitely going back to that screen prism, they kind of bring up Wonder Woman and kind of like the the lady superheroes brought up in like Marvel and kind of how perfect they're meant to look and just serious and mm-hmm. and wonderful and where Harley Quinn is such a breath of fresh air because she's not perfect. No. She's not at all even considered a good person. <laughs> yeah. And you know, she's still she's still trying her best, you know. She's a little wacko in the head, so she doesn't really know what's good and what's bad. She mm-hmm. just knows her love of Joker knows no bounds. So there's just and she's a she's a victim to that, unfortunately. Yeah. But Yeah. But she's a really great character study. Yeah, she's definitely a breath of fresh air because she's so she is very unique and there's really no characters like her and I I'm, and you're rooting for her because she's so cute and so great and just, she's so crazy. You know, it's, it's adorable. It's, it's awesome. Yeah, I'm really glad this, this turned out good because I really <laughs> enjoy Harley Quinn. I've, I've always loved Harley Quinn. You know yeah, this. Yeah. I want to, I, I want to cosplay as her one day. Yeah. She is, she's, she's so cool. fantastic. Mm-hmm. I love her so much. All right, let's look at this meta scores. We've got a, we've got a 60. It's not great, but it's not terrible. No. Uh, hmm. Um, I'm going to read the Screen Crush one, which is a 60. Okay. It says, if Suicide Squad felt like Warner Brothers' deliberate attempt to replicate the quirky fun of Guardians of the Galaxy, Birds of Prey is that stab, and there's, not, there's a lot of stabbing in it, and making DC's Deadpool. Uh... Wait. So did they not like it? I don't know. I mean, that sounds like they're just kind of comparing it to Deadpool, which makes a lot of sense. Uh, But it's Deadpool with a female character, not a male character, so. Yeah, and and I'll even say that, I mean, maybe this movie could have been a little bit better if they just kind of wrote a bit more into the story. I mean, Mm -hmm. again, the story was kind of lacking. They really could have delved a bit more... Um, where I feel like Deadpool was fairly 
it's fairly complex. Like you really got to know his origin, but then you kind of got to know his current. Like there was a lot to Deadpool. Mm-hmm. Um, would those movies were very well made. Yeah. Let's see. Go listen to our Deadpool two podcast. There's a real, real surprise in that one. Is that the one? Wait. <laughs> Is that the one where you had a surprise visitor? Yes. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I like right. the IndieWire one, too. Uh, okay, I'll read that one. IndieWire gave it a 67. Uh, it's a girl-powered, earnestly feminist superhero movie with big and plausible action sequences and outsized personalities. And while it never quite reaches that potential, it does begin to map out a fresh path to the world-worn arena of superhero narratives. It may not be the promised total emancipation, at least not yet, but it is it is fantabulous in its own way. I did like that one. Yeah, that one's very nice. Okay. Well, that was Birds of Prey. Yes. And now let's move on to Emma. Yay, Emma! Yay! Oh my gosh, okay, where do we even... I went through so many emotions <laughs> watching this movie. <laughs> Another um, female-directed and written movie, uh, and of course starring um, many, many females <laughs> as well, uh, including the lead character, Anya Taylor-Joy as Emma. And a lot of other faces that I recognized in here too, mm-hmm. along with, along with a surprise. I did not catch this, but my uh, my friend at work, she's a real, she's a real Austinite, like a uh, like you and I, Alessandra. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, and she told me that there was a character in Emma that was in the BBC Pride and Prejudice. Oh my God. Who is it? You you literally saw her for two seconds. That's why I didn't I did not catch it. Um, but it was someone who works for, uh, Mister Knightley. Mm-hmm. It's it's like some some lady who like works in his house, but she played Mary in in BBC Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> That's great. Uh, speaking of, I just watched the, the Pride and Prejudice last night again, um, uh, the 2005 Keira Knightley version, which uh, is still a much superior movie to this Emma, um, but uh, I also listened to our Pride and Prejudice radio play over again, and if you guys haven't listened to that, uh, go do that. It is hilarious. Nice plug, Alessandra. I really appreciate it. Thanks. Um, I, I do want. I do want that to get more listens. <laughs> it really is so funny, and I worked so hard on it, and it's just I was laughing the whole time when I was listening it to it again. So, anyway, uh, so what did we think of Anya Taylor Joy as Emma? I loved her. I loved her a lot. <laughs> she's amazing. Um, she's so great. Uh, I want to talk about kind of how she differs from. The was it the Emma from 1996 with Gwyneth Paltrow? Yep. I was listening to the NPR pop culture podcast where they talked about Emma, mm-hmm. and and I definitely agree that that she is portrayed as much more of a snob mm-hmm. in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, 
she definitely puts on the air of being nice, but still kind of having her, like, predestined assumptions of people, you know, her judgments. Yep. You know, she is very wealthy in the in the immediate area, so she so she can't help but she has meddle a lot of in influence. people's lives. Yes. Yeah, she has a lot of influence. She has her own judgments of people, um, which is, it's a lot more, I guess, subtle in the Gwyneth Paltrow one. Like, she just really plays a sweetheart in that one, and she just kind of seems to say stuff without really knowing. Right. And, like, without purpose, where Emma says things with very much purpose in the new Emma. Yeah, I I really enjoy Anya Taylor-Joy. I've seen a lot of movies with her. Um, I um, I just think she's got a really... Yeah, they did portray her to be really snobby, but in a sense, you're kind of... You're trying to figure out the whole puzzle of the movie anyway. So to me, it was like she was a very defined character, very clear what she's thinking. Um, and we get to clearly watch her that she's making... that the, When she does make mistakes, she she really sits with them and she cries about them and she gets upset and that she knows that she made mistakes, you know, and I think that really helps us with connecting to her. Yes, I... Especially with the scenes where you're kind of just watching her sit and think and, like, and you're just kind of watching the emotions change on her face as she's thinking through what just happened, like, the scenes, mm-hmm. replaying it, and being like, what did I just do? Mm-hmm. And and those and those were great with, with every character. I mean, we saw it with Knightley. We saw it with Harriet. We saw it with, with really everyone. Um, yeah. And I thought that was very great. Yeah, there's a lot of reflection on this movie, and, I mean... It does contribute to the fact that it's just a, just a little too long, just a little too drawn out. Uh, I see where the director was going for, and every scene seemed important to her. But to me, it was a it it, it did have too many moments of sitting between uh, the the pacing. Like I feel like the pacing needed to be a little bit snappier. It needed to be a little bit more. Um, kind of quick quickly edited uh versus like uh, sitting with things too long or not understanding where the story's going like the middle really kind of was a little long you know yeah i agree and it's funny enough because i thought the beginning was way too quickly edited Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. snappy like the beginning was a mess Uh i i was trying to like it had been a while since i since i'd watched emma and I haven't read the book actually, so I'm like, so I was just trying to like reintegrate myself with this story. And the beginning, I like, I really want to watch it again to kind of like see what they were trying to accomplish in the beginning because it just seemed like it was just a flash of faces, a flash of scenes, like trying mm-hmm. to really get through this scene so that they could really try and get to some more pertinent ones. But I mean, the beginning scene's very important, too. Like, someone very near and dear to her gets married and leaves yeah. her estate and doesn't work for them anymore. And she's just yeah. not going to see them. Mm-hmm. So she just becomes, I don't know. I, and again, I haven't read Emma, so I really don't know if this person who leaves is more of a mentor to her or just like a friend. Because um, they kind of gloss over this it's very like quickly. Yeah. In the 1996 version as mm-hmm. well. Like, mm-hmm. they kind of just shows, like, it starts at the wedding and she's giving her that present. Yeah. Of, like, everyone's, like, face painted on this ornament or something. <laughs> and 
So they really gloss over that too. So maybe it is just a very quick scene, but they also seem to really take this time to kind of ground Emma as a starting off character because you really see her change and develop throughout the story, but she's very grounded and very, very purposeful in the very beginning, which Mm -hmm. is just, Mm -hmm. she only cares about herself. Mm -hmm. She just, she's not the best, she's not the kindest person, even though she tries to show that she is. Right. Well, she has, she has good qualities and that's, that's what gets brought out later in the movie. Um, I really thought that her and Johnny Flynn, uh, the Mr. Knightley had a, enough chemistry to keep the story going. I think they kind of, in that one scene where they are dancing together, um, at the ball and they start to realize that they have feelings for one another. Um, they were really trying to do a Pride and Prejudice, like, you know, really tense dance where they're touching a lot, where they're like or in the room alone together. But of course the director couldn't do the same thing as Pride and Prejudice. So um, it kind of feels like it's a little bit, it's, it's, I mean, it's hard to recreate that same kind of feeling, you know? Yeah, which I still think was successful. I don't know if it was, you know, because I'd had two drinks at dinner. So I was just feeling very <laughs> susceptible to the story and to their relationship. Because mm-hmm. I remember loving that scene yeah. and like feeling that tension. Because yeah. I thought... Again, the staring and, like, the, the very touching. longing... Yeah, the touching and the longing gazes was done, like, so well mm-hmm, mm-hmm. between all the actors that I just I just really felt the tension between these characters, and I really enjoyed it. So I was thinking about it on one of my runs the other day, that this entire cast is uh, a smattering of British TV actors, okay? So... I know, like, most of these people in this movie from from other British TV shows, and I will just go down the list right now. All right. So the only two characters, uh, three characters-ish that are not really um, from TV shows are Anya Taylor-Joy. She's mostly in films. Uh, Bill Nye is her dad. He's not really a, fil- a TV actor. He's more of a film actor. We know him from everything. Um, and Mia Goth, who I've only ever seen in movies like Suspiria and High Life. Um even though she's been around for a while. But uh, the other actors who are from TV shows are Johnny Flynn, who is in that TV show Squirtle Recall slash Lovesick. Um, He is so cute, and he's always got that kind of confused face on his face. Um, And then we got Josh O'Connor, who plays Mr. Elton, who was a major highlight of the movie, and he was in the latest season of The Crown as Prince... Um, Prince Charles. He's, like, kind of meek in that, and he's really great in it. Completely different than Mr. Elton. Um, Callum Turner, I've, he's, he's also in, like, other British TV shows, like, random stuff. Very attractive guy is Frank Churchill. Uh, Rupert Graves and Mr. Weston, he's obviously in Sherlock. I've seen him in a lot of things over the years. Um, Gemma Whalen as Mrs. Weston, she is in Game of Thrones. She plays Yara Greyjoy. So, of course, I saw her and I was like, oh, Game of Thrones actress. Oh, yeah, Um, I noticed her, too. And then, of course, we have Miranda Hart, who is obviously from the TV show Miranda and also called a midwife. (laughs) And there's one more person, Alessandra. Uh Uh-huh. Do you want to say it? Yes. Um, Well, actually, a couple more, actually. Um... But let's see, we've got two actors from the new British TV, uh, British Netflix show, uh, yep. Sex Education. Yep. <laughs> and the, she, 
she comes and goes like very quickly, but the sister, uh, Emma's sister who gets married is in Fleabag. Oh yes, that's right. She yes. uh, she is in Fleabag. She's also like I mean she's in a lot of things, but she's that's also the, in that's like the only thing I've in seen Black Mirror. I I know her from Black Mirror. Um, oh, she what, was like in an episode, episode of, Black, of Mirror. Black Mirror. Is she? And I've seen Black Mirror. Sh- she's in that episode with uh, the um, uh, it's it's that like political movement where that that little character on the screen that has that funny voice like runs for for prime minister or whatever like he runs oh, for the the bunny what's his name yeah the bunny with the yeah. funny voice yeah. and like she she is like the other pm that the guy sleeps with and then okay you know all right yeah i don't remember what the what the thing's name was but yeah i i remember that one a little cartoon mm-hmm. character yeah <clears throat> um, she's a great actress. Yeah, but those two those two people from Sex Education. Yes. I loved them. Harriet Oh my god and A plus. <laughs> Harriet and what's his name? Uh Robert what's his name? Uh oh god, what's his name? Harriet was played by Mark, Mia no. Goth. Are you, are you, ver- you mean um Mrs. Elton? Tanya no. Reynolds? No no no. Uh um Harriet and her and her guy that she's that she keeps saying no to because Emma tells her to. Oh, oh yes, yes. Um, that yeah. is Mr. Martin. Yes, Connor Martin. Connor Swindells. Um, he hardly says anything in Emma, which is the same as his character in Sex Education, <laughs> which <laughs> he plays Adam is in just Sex Education. Perfect. You know, I just, yeah. I just, you're just, you're beautiful. Just don't say anything. <laughs> I know he's so he's so attractive. Um. Yeah, he he's also in it, and then the girl who plays Mrs. Elton, Tanya Reynolds, she's got that really long neck, and um, just such an interesting, she's so hilarious. Like, that was one thing about this movie that I loved the most was obviously, it was so funny. Like, every every minute I was, like, cracking up at, for, at, at everything that was happening. It was, like, just these awkward, tense situations, um really really funny laugh out loud burst out laughing like so many times in this movie completely agree there was just there were so many great little one-liners and even though um the screenplay i feel like feel like what people had to say was very short and snappy and and i just Mm -hmm. thought that was that was great i mean emma's just really about seeing how relationships play out and whether they work or whether they don't work and just a mm-hmm, bunch of mm-hmm. manipulating and just wrong information being told and, and exchanged. So it's just, it's just fun to watch these people like realize what was, what has been happening this whole time. And then just being like, no, no, that's not what I wanted. <laughs> that's not, that's not <laughs> Especially with Jane Fairfax and Mr. Churchill, like, their like their reveal that they were together and when she's talking to Johnny Flynn and she gets that nosebleed like there's just so many parts to it not to mention Bill Nye is like adorable with his like little is there a draft I feel a chill and and like the many uh you know things he puts up to keep himself warm and him just commanding around his two little footstaff and you know it's just there's always like little cute things all over the place yeah, and I really enjoy that they kind of give Mr. Woodhouse, like, a bit more to do, because I really don't remember mm-hmm. his character at all in the 1996 version. Um, I don't even remember who played her father. 
I don't know. Um, yeah, he was so funny. He was so cute, and he's like, "Emma, never leave me." And he gets so sad about his his other daughter, and when she comes in with her her baby, and the it's like, it, there's so many wonderful. It, it just felt like these people were so real. Um, you know, it, it they were just very funny and realistic and their relationships were so great yeah and i would love i would love to read emma now just because this this movie has made it seem look look like make the story seem so exciting because i'm not gonna lie brighter the the gwyneth paltrow version's kind of long and kind of (laughs) boring yeah i still like it um but (laughs) but it's kind (laughs) of long and boring and yeah. and this makes it very exciting. I would really like to read Emma. I mean, I own it. I just have not read it because I'm terrible. But, um, but yeah. And I, again, I really enjoyed Johnny Flynn as Knightley. Um, I feel like Knightley, m- much like a lot of the men that are in Austin, Austin books, Jane Austen books, just they have mm-hmm. that Mr. Darcy effect. Like just whoever plays them. It's just oh, immediate. Yeah. It's just immediately gorgeous. Like that's just that's just how it, <laughs> so how it goes. That's how it goes. So true. But we get we get multiple uh, like really cute guys in this. I mean, it's it's a lucky movie. There's there's three very attractive men and f- four. You know, like um, all the different uh, men who end up getting married basically at the end are quite cute. Um, even Josh O'Connor, who plays Mister Elton with his big ears, he is so funny and so cute. And his, like, little winks and his little, like, charming smile. And when he falls on Emma, you know, yeah. it's just, he is, he's, like, he's, like, mad after, like, Emma um, rejects him. He gets so pissed off and it's, like, a little child, like, not getting what he wants. Oh, yeah. It's so funny. It's so yeah. Funny. I really also enjoyed uh, Mia Goth as Harriet Smith. She She's so, like, she looks like an alien, but it really works out for her, you know? Especially since Anya Taylor-Joy also looks like an alien. I know. Where were her eyebrows? She I doesn't c- have any eyebrows. She's, she's like, that's her thing. I couldn't you know? find them. And just whenever she was on the screen, I was like, where are your eyebrows? <laughs> she just doesn't have eyebrows. Like, she never has eyebrows. That's why, what's what makes you so creepy in Suspiria? Yeah, but but Mia Goth was such a great Harriet. Um, I really don't remember li- liking or caring much for the Harriet character in the 1996 version. And funny mm-hmm. enough, the NPR pop culture podcast was talking about Harriet, and it was saying like the the better uh, or the more you like Harriet Smith as a character makes yep. makes for a good Emma adaptation. <laughs> right, like Clueless. Yes, like if you can yes, actually Brittany enjoy, Murphy. yes, yes, clueless, yeah, yes. yes. <laughs> That's so funny. It's the rating on which we determine how good an Emma adaptation is. Yeah. Do you like Harriet? Do you care for her? Do you care that she exists? All right, that's a good Emma. Like that's yeah. I mean, and of course Emma and and Knightley need to have chemistry, but you know, it's that's not. I guess that's not too hard to write in. Well, no, it's pretty hard to write in. <laughs> It's been great also to see Miranda Hart as Miss Bates. Um, she had a really large role, actually, and was um, very... That that she just... I love her so much. I love Miranda Hart. There is there is no words that can describe how much I love Miranda Hart. Um, the fact that she brought so much, like, heart 
you know, to the character as well, especially when Emma, um, you know, she insults her pretty badly and she kind of like, you can see that she's hurt by it and you're hurting for her too. It's very sweet. Yeah, she does a fantastic job. I mean, with other things that we've seen Miranda in, she's very good at being, you know, kind of annoying, kind of like in your face. Um, but yeah, she's also, like, she ha- does a very good job of being both annoying and nosy and just in your face with just being totally and completely just sweet and just and just a wonderful person that you that you just should not be mad at or should not like mm-hmm. you can, you cannot not like her. Mm-hmm. It's making me really want to rewatch Miranda and I've been trying to show it to my roommate ever since she started watching. She loves that show Lucifer and uh the lead character is Tom Ellis Lucifer and he is Gary in Miranda and like I just keep trying to tell her I'm like you like him now but you should watch him as Gary because he's so cute as Gary. <laughs> You're, you're doing this world justice by trying to share Miranda with the world, Alessandra. I've watched that, like, with so many people for the first time. I've, like, watched, I've shown them the first episode. I'm like, you are, you are missing out on a, a big part of how great life could be if you just watched Miranda. I need to make more friends so I can force them to watch Miranda so that I have a reason to watch it again. Because I've already watched it through twice. And that was just with me by myself and then with me and my little sister. So I need I need more people more people to succumb to Miranda. Yes. Uh well there's a lot of characters in this movie, Emma, so it's there's a lot of stuff going on. I still kinda settle with the fact that it was a little bit long. Um but I really enjoyed the direction. I love the costumes. I wanted to cry every time I saw a new costume on the screen. Um, and also the production design was fantastic. Yes, and I also remember really enjoying the music as well. I remember it being kind of different. Like, yeah, I was not movie. in love in love with the music. I think there were some parts that were good, but I didn't. I I thought that some of it was eh, but some of it was good. Okay. All right. Let's see. Do we want to move on to the plot keywords, or do you have anything else yeah. to say? Yeah. All right. It'll come up. All right. I'm sure. All right. So the plot keywords we got for Emma are F-rated, triple F-rated, oh, Regency. God. I, I, <laughs> I looked that up, and I, I think it's because triple F-rated is directing, starring, and written by women. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we've got Regency, Matchmaker, 19th Century. That's it? What? What? That's it? And there's only six other ones? There's only there's only hmm. six. What? Well, there's a lot, a lot of uh, triple F-rated movies on here, which is great. And they most of them came out within the past, like, couple years. All right. I mean, it's great. This is... This is a great list. Everybody should go check out check out that one and uh, watch all the movies on that triple F rated list. And I'm going to add Emma to my list of movies I need to add more plot keywords to. Are you actually writing a list or is it just like a mental list? I'm I'm just writing Emma down on my on my little note, my little post-it note that I put my notes on. <laughs> okay. Whether or not cool. I'll get to it is uh it's not going to happen. Uh-huh. Um 
All right, let's get to the Metascore. So I got a 71, which pretty is good. pretty great. Yeah. Let's see. What did Pride and Prejudice get? Oh, a lot higher, I think. A lot higher, really? A lot higher? It was like in the 80s? 82. Yeah. Okay, okay. Okay, okay. All right, let's see what we got here. This uh, 60 from the Observer UK, it says, In the lead role, Anya Taylor-Joy creates an admirably spiky character who is less likable than some of her screen predecessors and all the better for it. Okay. Interesting. Kind of like that. Uh, The Cineview brings up Clueless, so I kind of want to read this one. They gave it a 60 as well. It says, This version of Emma is unlikely to win any accolades for invention. Indeed, the 1996 film Clueless arguably remains the most exciting version of Austen's novel. Nevertheless, DeWilde's version is a confident and lively translation of Austen's wit onto the screen. Hmm. Yeah, the same with the rap, the 85 says Mr. Woodhouse's daughter may be a case study in the perils of playing God with others' hearts, but Emma is proof that bringing a timeless book and fresh talent together is still worthy a kind of artistic matchmaking. I um, like timeless book and fresh talent. You know, that's why there yeah. are so many versions of these like classic books, because, you know, just so- someone's bound to make the best version yet. This, I mean, I really enjoyed that we got to experience this movie. When we saw the trailer for this, we just about peed our pants because we were like, yes, this is what we want. Please give us more. Yes, just about. I definitely peed my pants. I almost threw up. We are the Emma demographic, dude. Yes. When I when I like, saw Miranda on the screen, I, I burst out crying. I <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, it's insane that we, we're probably always going to get these wonderful Jane Austen adaptations. Um, I love it. I loved this one. I will watch it over and over again. It is so fun. Um, I, I enjoyed it. I really loved seeing it with, with my roommate, Alex. She also loves Jane Austen. So it was great. That's amazing. And I heard that there's actually a show, Sanditon, as well, yes. which I would love to check out. I guess that was another mm-hmm. unfinished, unfinished novel that Jane Austen had started. Mm-hmm. Like with Northanger Abbey. Yes, exactly. Or like Love and Friendship, right? Love and Friendship. That's right. Yes. Which yeah. is another really good Jane Austen adaptation. Um, uh, that movie, we should definitely watch that again to have more comparisons to it because that's, that's what this movie most felt like was Love and Friendship. Oh, yeah. I, I remember that movie being very just like snappy, quick, clever. Um, yeah, definitely worth Super another great. watch. Yeah. All definitely. right. Well, if you enjoyed Birds of Prey and or Emma, please let us know. You can leave a comment on Facebook. Just search All by the Popcorn podcast and like our page. Or you can leave a comment on SoundCloud as well. I mean, that's fine. You could leave a comment there. Um, or you can leave a review, rate and review us. We would love to know what you think of the show currently, and it really helps others find our little podcast here uh, on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts or something. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, And if you need notifications on future episodes coming out, you can follow our social media. We've got Twitter 
at by the popcorn and Instagram at all by the popcorn podcast. And, uh, what and else? you can email, email us. Yes. At all by the popcorn podcast at gmail.com or all by the popcorn at gmail.com. And we have merch. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, also, we'd like to say thank you for listening um, to our 101st podcast. We didn't say anything about it in our 100th podcast. But, oh, yeah, because um, we had no we, idea. <laughs> we totally forgot. Um, but thanks for listening to our podcast. We really appreciate it. And the 136 episodes that we've done, basically, that we've posted, um, each have all of our heart and, and love in them. So thanks, everybody. Thank you. Thank you, everyone who listens. Thank you, everyone who, can, who will continue to listen. Uh, stay safe out there. Please wash your yep. hands. Uh, <laughs> please stay uh, clean. <laughs> okay. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Thanks for listening. Bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.